show number 160 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talking Trek. We're back from vacation. We are, and we're coming to you <laughs> coast to coast to coast. Co- coast to coast to coast, and we took a little time off because we were both doing things. But now we're back, and oh my God, we have so many things to talk about. It's amazing. Course because Bill is everywhere doing everything all the time. I know. Every time like I open the browser or email or or something, you know, there's there's a new interview, he's done some strange new weird thing and <laughs> and then when I go actually looking for stuff so I'll have a list for the show, there's even more. It's unbelievable. Well, I want to talk about one thing right away because it's very timely and okay. the show is going to go out pretty quickly after we record it. Okay. Um, as everybody in the world knows by now, the Olympics are starting. In yes. London. And uh, one of the, the big hype things that they did about the Olympics was to have all these different celebrities carrying the Olympic torch. And everybody carried the Olympic torch. They had... Matt Smith, Doctor Who guy, carried the Olympic torch. They I had, swear I saw Joanna Lumley. Maybe she did. They had Patrick Stewart carry the Olympic yep. torch through London. They had the dude from Black Eyed Peas, Will I Am, yes. carrying the torch. Why was Bill not carrying the torch? Well, although he is a Canadian and therefore some sort of British subject. Yeah, yeah. He's not British British, you know. But that's okay. I mean, well, it's okay with you and me. <laughs> the queen is still his monarch. <laughs> his Canadian. monarch of choice. Yes, exactly. I I think they should have had him. I mean, talk about a celebrity. You want celebrities, right? You want people to draw visibility yes. to this sort of thing. And he didn't have to run. He could have done it on a horse. Do you know Eddie Izzard did it? I know he did. They had everybody carrying that freaking torch. Wouldn't and that have been so amazingly cool to have Bill on a horse with the torch? Because they have equestrian events, so there's no problem there. Yeah. And, you know, they're not going to expect an old guy like him to run. So I am. <laughs> I think they should have had Bill carrying the torch. And they missed a huge opportunity by not having him doing it. Oh, they most certainly did. And he was there. He was just there. Was he? And they, well, I mean, when when he did the news thing, but they've been doing that Olympic torch thing around Britain for weeks. I know. So he could have done it while he was there. I wonder if it went through Ilfracum. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he could have carried it. He could have ridden a horse through Ilfracum carrying the torch. Oh, my God. That would have been so funny. So, anyway, that's my little rant for today was just, like, why the hell didn't Bill carry the torch? Yeah. He should have. He should have. I mean, you you can't, I mean, you know, that's the ultimate chill. Yes, it is. <laughs> he's, the king, he's the king of shills. And, you know, honestly, if if that were going to happen, if Bill were going to carry the torch through Ilfracum, wouldn't you be willing to chip in ten bucks to have every hooker in Ilfracum come out and wave and oh, <laughs> yell, "Hi, Bill!" Uh, hi, Bill! <laughs> every it would have been great. I mean, that would have been really, literally, Bill shilling to the entire world <laughs> at one one time for the Olympics. <sighs> oh, yeah, they did miss a big opportunity there. Okay. Anyway, so. We can leave that now. I'm oh. not going to speak about it anymore. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of something else that's coming up, like, immediately tomorrow yes. Yes. is um, the premiere oh, yes. on EPICS 
of uh, of Bill's documentary, his Get yes. a Life thing. So, mm -hmm. and he was uh, promoting the the hell out of that at Comic Con, from everything I understand. Yes, he was doing lots and lots of stuff at Comic Con. He was all over the place, shaking hands, making speeches, giving press interviews, tweeting. He was tweeting a lot from Comic Con. Oh, what? Yeah, that's right. I saw those. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, we will mention to people that uh, as they had done once before when the captains was on Epix or Epix or whatever it is, um, there's a free trial. So you can watch it without paying for it. So I will put the link into it and you can hop on over there and start your free trial. And it, you don't even have to give them a credit card or anything to do it. Right. So you can watch it. And the other thing is, I just found this in skimming around looking for things. Epix is also, I don't know if it's within the 14 days, but it's going to show the um, Roger Corman documentary. <gasps> oh, and, really? you know, Bill oh. does something in that, you know, talking about yeah. his Intruder. work there. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Okay, cool. That's yet another reason to do it. So cool. All right. Well, yeah. Um, I have to admit, uh, because of my life being insane, I did not watch the trailer for Get a Life, which they premiered at Comic-Con. Right. I haven't seen it yet either. Okay. Because my life's been a little crazy too. But right, I do want well, to talk about one other Comic-Con thing. I sent you some pictures. Did you see those? I am, I am looking at those pictures, yes. Okay, now these are pictures from Comic-Con, which is just a couple weeks ago. And uh, there's Bill talking away. And I, when I first saw these pictures, I went, that hairline seems to be back a lot further mm -hmm. than yes. it has been recently. And so now I'm going, I'm back in the, is it a toupee thing? Yeah, I, I checked in over at um, Shatner's Toupee because mm -hmm. um, they'd been quiet for a while, too. I think they were on hiatus, and they talked about this very thing. Um, so the the common sort of uh, wisdom is that he's got a, something going on besides just the hair transplant at this point. It's either a toupee or it's something that's integrated with the, the what's left of the hair plugs. Maybe they failed or something like that. Mm. But it's definitely something else is going on here. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm glad you agree with me because it struck me right away that that is not the way that has been looking. Mm -hmm. It's like the episodes where you can tell they, they just put the toupee on wrong. Yeah, it just looks weird. And the hair on his temples looks yeah. really strange. Yeah. It, it looks like it's glued on. Doesn't it? It's really not good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did notice that he was wearing an ugly shirt. No, well, <laughs> for how many years in the <laughs> 70s and 80s was Bill on the worst dress list? Like all oh. of them. Oh, man. Um, but despite the bad shirt and the, the weird hair, he seemed to be having a really good time. Oh, yes. He was enjoying it. And um, according to all accounts, uh, Comic-Con was just insane, of course. There were millions of people and millions of stars and parties and all kinds of stuff going on. So um, I used to go to that, but it's just gotten a little out of hand. <laughs> yeah, those huge, huge crowd things do not really appeal to me anymore. Yeah, you know, the thing is that... Um, in the San Diego Convention Center, there's the one big hall, which is Hall H, which holds 5,000, 6,000 people Oh, or my something. God. Yeah. So, first of all, it holds that many people. Second of all, that's where, of course, they schedule the most popular things. Of course. And you have to wait online for hours and hours and hours, sometimes a whole day in advance to get into the one thing that you want <gasps> to see. Oh, see, I just, I can't do that. 
No. I, I just, it's not that important to me. Like, I would be so physically wrung out by the whole ordeal. Yeah, that would I awful. wouldn't be able to enjoy. I mean, you know, you and I always have a great time when we go to the cons together, but to confront something like that, that's more than I can do. Yeah. So, who knows? I, I mean, we'll probably end up hitting more Star Trek conventions at some point. Um, but not at a Comic-Con type thing. Right. Now, I want to point out, um, Lena is not going to be able to be here in Chicago. The Weekend Wizard World and Bill are here. And, you know, I'm, I'm really debating, you know, whether or not I'll go alone. I've never had a good time when I've gone alone to a con. And, um, but if any of our Chicago friends, fans, whatever, are planning to go... You know, you know how to reach us. Look yeah. at his butt at gmail.com. Let me know because if there's somebody there I can hang out with, mm -hmm. then I will go because I always have fun when I'm with other people. So let me know, Chicago area Trexters and, and fellow butt lovers. <laughs> <laughs> fellow Shatner butt lovers. Yeah, yeah Shatner butt lovers. About that's that. true. That's true. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I have another bit of news that you and I discussed briefly on email that I think we should just talk about it and get it out of the way um, so that I can stop thinking about it. Oh, okay. And that was the revelation that the villain in the new Star Trek movie is not going to be Khan. It's going to be, did we want to say this out yeah. loud? It's going to be Mitchell. It, oh it really God. sounds like it for all the backpedaling they tried to do, you know, the guy, whoever leaked it, I forget which actor it was, um, you know, going, well, I'd just been on a plane for, you know, 14 days and I was tired. Well, when you're tired, that's when you're going to slip and tell the truth. Uh-huh. And it's just, oh, I know. Mitchell, I mean, come on. Oh, I'm so annoyed by this. And you know just... who, who I was talking to just? yesterday about that last movie is our good friend Wildcat. Uh-huh. And she, for those of you who don't know, um, was the author of almost all of the Spock Uhura fiction in the world, and we're going back like 15 years before this crappy movie showed up, and I was her uh -huh. beta, and she was my beta, and we're buddies. And, um, and her writing is so amazingly it's good. It's so good. It's so good. Um, and uh, anyway, I was saying how much I hated the movie because of what they did to Kirk. And she said, yeah, I hated what they did to him, too. He was completely unrecognizable. So, you know. It's, it's just going to be bad. And, and now, you know, I mean, we have to see it just because we're going to have to talk about well, it. Well, yeah, we do have to see it for that reason. And the other thing that's just killing me is, you know, from seeing the Sherlock stuff, I'm such a fan of Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm -hmm. Such a name. <laughs> we call him Benedict Cumberbund. Well, yeah. Like I said, I think he's Mrs. Bad Crumble's grandson. You know, so I kind of want to see what he'll do with it, but I also have a feeling about what kind of script it's going to be. Oh, it's just going to be bad. Well, I, as I sent to you an email, our pal Mike Sterling says, instead of remaking an old Star Trek story, the sequel should just remake the 2009 film <laughs> and then keep remaking it for each sequel forever. <laughs> Yeah, like robots that build other robots. It's exactly right. And you said, um, oh, they could save a lot of money if they just keep releasing it remastered. <laughs> well, you know. That's true. It's absolutely it's, true. It's, but honestly, what is the point of a reboot? If you're going to do a reboot as rebooty as that one was, 
you know, where it really was, a, a, in many ways, a shock and a twist. Yeah. Um, then run with that. It's forget all this other stuff, because then if you're, if you're going along making your own stories and they're good stories, if two, three movies from now, Gary Mitchell or Khan or um, uh, uh, Decker show up. Yeah. Um, and, and not in the circumstances we're used to seeing them in. You know, then it would be like, oh, my God, wow, how, how cool. You know, if you just drop in little bits of what we consider canon every now and then. Yeah. But if you're just going to run canon, you know, through your own little sausage machine, who cares? It's so unoriginal. It's so boring. And, and it's, it's so, oh. it's in many ways, high, glossy, shiny, but bad fanfic. Because yes, the people are so out of character. There is so much better fanfic that would be good for movies. Yes. Than than this, than what they're doing. I I, I just can't believe that they're going to do this. I, I was so angry when we found this out that it was going to be Mitchell. I'll just oh, I know, because oh. you're the original Mitchell fanatic. Yeah, yeah it's just bad. Mm. So bad. Oh. Oh, so I'm really not looking forward to having to go see it. So um, so to to distinguish between. Classic TOS Gary Mitchell and this new guy. Is his name going to be Cumberbun Mitchell? <laughs> it's going to be Larry Mitchell. <laughs> no, there's going to be like triplets Larry, Harry, and Gary, <laughs> and then Carrie and Jerry. And <laughs> yeah, I want him to be called Jerry Mitchell. <laughs> and a real swishy one named Mary. <laughs> Or maybe they can just keep getting his name wrong all the way through it. And, you know, every time he shows up, it's like, hi, Perry, it's Gary, right? <laughs> Perry. <laughs> oh, now that would be funny. I could see that. I'd go see that movie. I don't want to see this movie. I know. All right. Okay, so now we've told everyone and they can they can live with it. <laughs> or not. Uh, or not, choose. yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, so I wanted to also talk about um, the email from our good friend Mike McGee that you'd sent me a while ago. Oh, okay, good. I don't have that open, so can I, you? I, I, I do. So okay, good, good. good. Um, so he was traveling, and he said, I just got back <gasps> yes. from Singapore in Borneo. Like, wow, he's a world traveler. Oh, I know. He goes everywhere. That's amazing. So he said, while in Singapore, I happened upon a very cool toy museum. It's called the Mint Museum of Toys. And they had a few Star Trek mementos I thought might be interesting to you. Here's some pics along, um, just in case they could be useful. And I'm going to post these. <laughs> yeah. These are going to be the images for the show because they're really cool. The first one is called The Truth Machine. I believe it is just an oversized book, like with lots of illustrations inside, but I'd never heard of it before. And there's quite a nice illustration of Kirk on the cover there. He looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, this, the toys, objects in the museum were all inside locked glass cases, so I couldn't get a good look at them. That explains the shot's perspective, by the way. Then there's Star Trek sweet, sweet cigarettes. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He says, the cigarettes I don't remember as a kid, but they could have been issued in Singapore instead, the main language of which is English. Have you seen either of these before? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, the truth machine... I know there is a, a pro fit called the God Machine, uh -huh. but I'm thinking this is something different. And I, uh, oh, I really wish Mike had been able to 
handle it and open it and see if it was just pictures or, yeah. or what, you know. Maybe but, it was a coloring book. <laughs> yeah. But the cigarettes? Oh, my God. Sweet cigarettes. <laughs> and and it's, it's a little pack, and then it's got this really weird um, cartoony drawing of Spock on the front, and then underneath his face it says, Sweet cigarettes. <laughs> So what I want to know is, are they candy cigarettes? Like the way we, I mean, we had them as kids. Yes, right? we did. And you know, they were good. They were good. That's true. <laughs> I really liked them. Because <laughs> we had strange things as children. Just like we used to have those little liquor bottles that were filled with sugar syrup. Yes. You know, the wax bottles. And they were made of wax. Yeah, yeah. So you, you know. could chew that up afterwards. It was yeah. very strange. And they were shaped like bottles of booze. Yeah. Um, so... I, but I wonder, though, if maybe it's clove cigarettes, which I know are really popular in Southeast Asia. Mm. Typically, the wrapper on a clove cigarette has some kind of sugar in it, so they do taste sweet. I mean, the smoke isn't sweet, but the wrapper is kind uh-huh. of sweet, so it, you can taste that on your lips. That's also a possibility. I, as far as I know, Star Trek never was used for marketing cigarettes here in the U.S. Yeah. I mean, these things could have been just produced without any kind of permission from Star Trek at all. Oh, right? Well, and a lot of that happened because, remember, Nimoy sued over that, that beer ad in oh, London. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So it was so. used for tons of stuff that not only did they not have the actor's permission, but they didn't have Paramount or Desi Lu or whoever owned it at that time. So, listeners, if you have any information about the Truth Machine or Star Trek sweet, sweet cigarettes, <laughs> let us know, because we'd really like to know. I think that would be good to find these things out. <laughs> this is going to have to stand in for our Etsy segment, because I don't have anything from Etsy this week. Oh, nothing from Etsy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But uh, thank you so much, Mike, for sending that. And also, Mike uh, sent us another thing that's on the list. So if we're done talking about sweet, sweet cigarettes... <laughs> Um, Mike sent us the link, and a, a couple of people actually sent us this link, about Bill being interviewed in, at, uh, I don't know if it was in the magazine, but it's on smithsonian.com. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And there's a really neat picture of him, and it's a, it's a great interview, but he, he talks, you know, about embracing life with, uh, with joy and, and, you know, taking risks and everything. And spontaneously in the course of the interview, he comes up with what he would want on his tombstone, mm-hmm. which is, what was I so afraid of? <laughs> oh, Bill. Yeah. Oh, Bill. So, you know, Bill, in addition to being this, this icon and this, this self-aware sort of camp figurine and this great thespian actor-type person, is becoming rather philosophical. He is. But always a little tongue-in-cheek going on there. I love it when he gets philosophical. I think it's great. Yeah. He, He has so much insight into life and everything. I mean, he's lived so much and done so much and... You know, he's just kind of done everything. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's just great. Yeah, so um, it's a, we'll post the link, of course, and it's a great interview, and you should all go read it, but that was the thing that really kind of stood out for me. Yeah, oh, definitely. And it's, it's a long interview, too. It's four pages. Right, yeah. Um, so it just kind of goes on and on, and, and a lot of it is uh, just talking about all the stuff that he's doing. You know, places that he's been. And one of the things, this is on the first page, and I knew I wanted to share this, because it's kind of Bill sort of um, affirming something that we've talked about, is um, 
the question is, what qualities in a song inspire you to create an interpretation? And he says, I turn to my conservative, Canadian, simplistic, uncomplicated background in music. And he earlier talks about, um, you know, that they really didn't have a lot of music in the house other than opera playing on the radio. But he says, I like to be able to hum the song and understand the lyrics. I love the musicality of words. And we're always saying that. And oh, he says, yeah. think about children's fairy tales. Fairy tales are supposed to be stories of inherent fears, dramatizations of human nightmares and cares and worries. The words once upon a time, don't they suggest music? Sometimes words carry their own rhythm. I love to say the words and have the music enhance the words so that it aids and abets and supplants and supports those rhythms. And I think, you know, I think a lot of the Shakespearean training comes in there, too, you know, because, yeah. you know, of all the verse and, and having to be aware of, of the, the verse and the rhythms and, and all those intricate things that go on, you know, internally in those texts, just the sound of things, you know, before you even approach meaning. But um, I've always said it seems to me like certain, certain times Bill almost is savoring the taste or the feel of words in his mouth that there is a, a a sensuality to sound to creating sound for him i totally agree i i think it's wonderful and he's uh, we talked about this too that he's just so aware of what he can do with his voice yes that that he has the ability to do this he has the skill he has the ability and he also understands his own voice yes and, and how to use his voice effectively just in terms of the 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 richness of it and the tone of it and you know the the deepness of it and and how he can bring uh, just shades of meaning to the words just through the sound of his voice and the way he's he's actually pronouncing the words Mm -hmm. i just love that it's great yeah i think that's something he's really learned over time you know he's so much better at it than he used to be um but that's also the the sign of what a great craftsman he is yeah that um you know he he doesn't settle he doesn't phone it in and he continues to learn and you know I mean, really, people who are really good at their jobs, whatever their jobs are, when they are working with other people who are good, they are inspired to be even better. Mm-hmm. And they, they continue to learn, you know, from these other people who are good at what they do. It, like, inspires them. And I think, you know, for all that he's had problems with, you know, other actors and everything, he has never stopped learning. Mm-hmm. Ever. I think he learned a lot from Ben Folds when they were doing that album. Oh, I think so, too. And part of that was, you know, as Ben Folds has, has said, Bill was so willing to just put himself in, in Ben's hands and, and, and do what he said. You know, he was like acknowledging, I am the rank amateur here. You're the, the guy who knows his way around music and the recording studio and everything else. So you tell me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think he did learn a lot of that. But I think a lot of what he learned or perhaps has become more conscious and aware of was things that were already within him and maybe he hadn't quite articulated that but yeah his love of words his love of language comes through all the time mm-hmm. absolutely it's great yeah well, that was that was nice that was a good interview i'm glad we, we got hold of that yeah so everybody be sure and, and go read that it's got some some lovely gems in it yeah well let's go from that which is um fairly sublime to something fairly ridiculous um, I have two little things that'll just take a moment. Okay. One is 
uh, another one of those Bill is everywhere, no matter what the topic is, <laughs> Bill is going to be in it. And that was an article in the Toronto Sun called 10 Celebrities You Should Follow on Twitter. Oh, yes, yes. And, of course, Bill was in the list. Of course. <laughs> because even though Bill never tweets anything deeply philosophical, he just says weird stuff and yes. has Twitter battles with... Um, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. <laughs> so I just thought that that was great. So the, it said about him, the Shat's tweets are a mix of the banal and the bizarre, and each one he signs MBB. <laughs> My best, Bill. A recent tweet. L.A. Westside drivers, remember that the Wilshire ramps off the 405 are closing tomorrow. MBB. <laughs> Maybe that should be on his tombstone. MBB. <gasps> MBB. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be great. But I just love it. You know, I think anytime there are lists of celebrities that you should pay attention to, Bill is always on those lists. Well, and more often than not, his picture is what accompanies the article. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, there's Bill again. Yeah, you know, it's just amazing. <laughs> oh, speaking of Bill and his fellow cast members and all this, this is a little interesting to me. This could turn... Um, kind of juicy, they are making a, t uh, a documentary about George T Takei. Really? I well, didn't know that. Well, you know, he's lived a very interesting life. He was oh, in the yeah. internment camps as a child, and yeah. and now he's this huge advocate of and um, proponent of, of gay rights. He's out there all the time. He uh, his, uh, his Twitter feed is one of the funniest going, so he's mm -hmm. become sort of a raconteur. But... Um, Bill is one of the celebrities who's agreed to be interviewed for it. Wow, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. We'll just have to see. We will. <laughs> Let's stay on top of that story. That's right. Yeah. Now, um, here is another ridiculous thing, which I just loved, and uh, you had sent this along. This is the um, Spock is not impressed Tumblr. Oh, yes. Oh, that was funny. So uh, there's a Tumblr, and I've seen a few of these images, but this is a really good collection. And it was um, someone had the cool idea of taking an image of Spock, and I was trying to place which episode this might have been from. And I can't quite figure it out. But he's standing there with his arms crossed and a really skeptical look on his face and sort of one eyebrow raised. No, I can't remember. Does he have a phaser in his hand? No, his arms are just crossed. Hmm, okay. Well, then um, I, I'm clueless because I was thinking one thing, but obviously not. Yeah. So people have just taken him and Photoshopped him into all kinds of funny pictures. And it's Spock is not impressed. And the best one, and I totally agree with you about this, is um, a weather report. So they've got him standing there in the middle of a rainy street and they've put a, a Photoshopped umbrella over his head. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny looking. <laughs> totally unimpressed by the weather. Yep. Oh, it's great. I love when people do stuff like that. It really makes me laugh. Yeah, that was. I'm sure somebody will tell us, you know, where that that picture came from. Mm -hmm. But I was 
I mean, in some of them, like in one, you know, where he's sort of in the background with this guy and a kid in a Darth Vader suit at, in McDonald's or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I, just it's almost like he's photobombing it. Exactly. A lot of them are like photobombing. In fact, someone had even done one where he's in the background and it's he's sort of blurry, like he's really yeah. there, you know, yeah. it's a, a shallow focus kind of thing. And he's in an, a little eBay ad, yep. <laughs> which I liked standing there by the counter. It's very good. Yeah. The text here says, the infallibly poker-faced, cross-armed Spock will not be swayed by anything in the world, not by My Little Ponies, not by eBay buyer (laughs) protection, not even by a singing William Shatner thrown in his general direction. Come rain or come shine, Spock will be Spock. Yep. It's just great. So that's a Tumblr, and it's completely devoted to those pictures, and it's called spockisnotimpressed.tumblr.com. Um, somebody posted one of uh, him in the background of uh, a, an appearance by Mitt Romney looking really, really skeptical <laughs> at him. Oh, look, and here's a picture. Oh, my God, I've never seen this picture. He's in the background of a picture of Obama and Nichelle Nichols, who are both giving the Vulcan salute to the camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. And Spock is also not impressed with the Olympics. Well, of course. He's just not impressed with anything. I mean, He's not impressed with anything. Nope. It's great. I love it. So I'll put the link up and you guys can enjoy that because it's pretty funny. Yep. <sighs> okay. Um, what would you like to do next? Okay. I have a, a couple of things. And um, now for some reason my browser has decided it really likes to scroll. Um, <laughs> I've, Bill is now the, the Schilpmeister person for something called direct dial. Yes, what is that? Please dial direct. I don't know what it is. <laughs> because okay. the commercial is just Bill, um, you know, being being cute and Billish. And uh, so I'm not sure what the product is, but that's not Bill's fault. And apparently there are a few of these, but the, this one that I love is Bill with the piggy. Mm-hmm. Did you look at it? Did you see I, it? No, I haven't seen it. I, I have it here on my screen, but I haven't actually watched it Okay, yet. what he's doing is he's... Um, he's counting out money and putting it in a dish, and this little piggy, a small black piggy, is kind of like eating it and kind of like sniffing around it and everything, while Bill is talking about whatever the product is. <laughs> I was so distracted by Bill and the piggy, I didn't, you know, follow the storyline such as it was. But then there's a wonderful shot of Bill holding the piggy in his arms. So everybody needs to go watch that, and we need to figure out what it is he's shilling for. But um, there are a whole bunch of these. Okay. I'm I'm reading the comments underneath the the link that you sent me. Uh Um, Apparently, this is an insurance company. Oh, yeah. I did get that impression. Okay. Now you're reminding me. Go ahead. Okay. And it's in South Africa. Oh. That's why he went to South Africa. Yeah, he said he was going to work and then do a safari. There you go. A photo safari. Yeah, so that's what it is. So he somehow got engaged with this company to do these things. And then, uh, yeah, so they must have, wow. Imagine how much they must have filmed in a short amount of time. Well, I'm not surprised with Bill doing it. I know, but the piggy (laughs) is really cute. (laughs) So everybody needs to watch that, and, uh, you know, I'm sure if we, you know, had some time to just kind of cruise around the web, we could, uh, there, I think are, there are several different commercials like this. And, you know, his, tell him you mean business commercials, 
They still run here in Chicago. Wow. Because I'll be doing stuff in the evening, you know, and I'll have the TV on, and all of a sudden there's Bill telling me, have you been in an accident? <gasps> no, Bill, but what should I do? So, um... So uh, the comments on this page are hilarious. Um, there's a little bit of back and forth. Nobody said this is a disaster, but they came really close. <laughs> um, and um, people are complaining. At, like this guy, one guy says, um, "You got one of you, meaning the South Africans. You got one of the most iconic TV legends of the last 30 years, and put him in a piece of crap like that. I hope Shatner <laughs> sues you. If there's such a thing as advertising license, yours should be revoked." <laughs> Whoa, I thought it was cute. Um, I, I mean, yeah. And then somebody else said, um, uh, 80% of South Africans don't even know who Shatner is or are just indifferent to him. Do a random asking survey and ask who he is, and out of 10 people, you will be lucky to get one who knows him. I do not believe that for a minute. So response, um, the, the next comment says, it just so happens I conducted an intergalactic survey <laughs> where seven out of ten interstellar beings knew about the existence of one Wil Mr. William Shatner. All right. <laughs> so, so there. So there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so Bill is shilling in South Africa now, and he's got a little piggy helping him. Oh, I think that's just so cute. It, it is really cute. Yeah, that's great. Oh, Bill. He's just, he loves the shilling. You know, I bet they said to him, if you come to South Africa and do these commercials, we'll pay you a dump truck full of money. Of course. And, and we'll pay your travel, and we'll pay for you to go on this safari, and we'll pay for you to travel around as much as you want if you'll do, you know, three days of eight hours of filming. And he said, okay. No, he said... <laughs> But I got to have a piggy. But I got to have a piggy. And yeah. they said, we'll throw in the piggy. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> oh, the life of Bill. The life of Bill. It just, it doesn't compare to other people's lives. Now, um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's something we, we should all be aspiring to. This just showed up. Uh-oh. New, new thing. It's by High Low Brow. Yes. Middle Brow is not the solution. Um, and it's called Kirk Your Enthusiasm. What is that? Uh, it's something we have got to find out more about. Okay. Inspired by the success of last summer's Curb, K-I-R-B, Your Enthusiasm series, 25 posts by 25 authors about Jack King Kirby, who I don't know who he is. Oh, he's a very famous comic book artist. Okay. Thank you. Next week, High Low Brow will launch a 25-part series dedicated to the one, the only, Captain James <sighs> T. Kirk. Wow. The series' 25 contributors will examine this key science fiction character from every angle. Social, political, cultural, psychological, wow. historical, dramaturgical, epistemological, but wow. always lovingly. Oh. And um, it says, here's a preview of the series' installments. And it's just titles with people, but one is like Justice or Vengeance by Daphne Plebim. Uh... Kirk teaches his drill thrall to kiss by Mark Kingwell Khan by Nick, you know, so it goes on like that, um, you know, with basically what the topics are going to be. So, uh, and plus it's got, <laughs> it's got some cool artwork. I mean, most of it's pictures, but then you get, this is, I think, from the animated series, and um, Kirk is in Salem, Massachusetts, <laughs> and he has superpowers <gasps> and a, a, a triple aura. 
That's cool. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there, there's just all kinds of wonderful. Oh, one of them is going to be called Captain Smirk. Oh, that sounds really good. I just have to interrupt to make a joke, which mm-hmm. is that I think um, either of us would like to examine Captain Kirk very lovingly. Very lovingly. Yeah. So just put that out there on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds great. I would love to read that. Yeah. So um, I'm going to have to check back next week at this website and, uh, you know, see what they have come up with, because I just think that sounds great. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, It's happening all the time. All the time. All the time. Okay, let's take a little break. Okay. And then um, we've got some more stuff to come back to, including um, one thing we can spend a little bit of time discussing. All right. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Got a question, comment, or suggestion? Email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com and comments at lookathisbutt at blogspot.com. This podcast recorded on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. Are we back? We are back. We're back from our our commercial. Okay. Now, just the name of this topic should should have you all running around the room going, squee, 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 (laughs) because it's William Shatner reads Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, my goodness. Okay, here's what happened. Have you ever seen the show TMZ? I haven't seen the show. I've been to the website plenty of times. Okay, well, the show is really obnoxious, and I can usually only watch five seconds of it. But basically, this is a little clip from the show, and the, one of the TMZ people went to Comic-Con and was outside when Bill came out to get into his limo, and the question they shouted at him cracked Bill up. You could see him laughing as he gets into the limo and he even turns around you know, and gives a big laugh. Is um, The guy from TMZ shouts at him, Mr. Shatner, would you consider uh, doing a, a written word interpretation of Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> and somebody else goes, yeah, that would be great. Do it, do it. You know, so it's like the crowd was on the verge of going, Shatner, Shatner, oh, Shatner. that would have been great. But so what the TMZ people did was they got this not very good Shatner impersonator to read like a sentence. And so um, when we post the link, this is all a little YouTube thing you can go watch. But it does give you a sense of just how amazingly fun it would be. And it got me thinking. Um, I haven't read Fifty Shades of Grey. And frankly, I'm not really interested. Mm-hmm. Me neither. Yeah. But... Uh, what would you want Bill to read aloud? Oh boy, that's a tough question. I mean, his own books are good. I like yeah, those. Yeah, but things other than his own books. Oh, you know what? I I would love for him to read some poetry. Okay. Some really good poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be it could be oh you know I, I would be really good and I wish he had participated in this. There's a project right now where. Um. I don't know who did this, but it, they did it in England, and they got a whole bunch of uh, amazing actors together, and they had each actor read a Shakespearean sonnet, and then they turned it into an app for your iPad. Ah! Oh. And it's all great people. Like how Stephen did they Fry. leave Bill off that? They leave him out of the Olympic torch thing. I know. Thing. I know. 
Jeez. So, I, so we're going to have to have a new topic. Things Bill was left out of and yeah. what assholes. Yeah, so I mean, they, have, <laughs> they had Stephen Fry and they had David Tennant and they had, um, I forget, I mean, it's, it's men and women both, but each of them reads one sonnet. And uh -huh. I mean, they're not reading it, right? They're performing it. And it's so good. I mean, it's just wonderful. And I think that's the kind of thing I would love to hear him do. Yeah. You know, really like beautiful classical poetry where he can really get his teeth into the, the words and the language. Yeah. That's my vote. Okay, here's my vote. And my vote is completely selfish. <laughs> I would like him to read one of my fanfics. Oh, that would be awesome. Just because when I used to write Kirk, I could, as all fanfic writers do, hear it very clearly in my head. Mm -hmm. But to hear him saying the things would um, just add about, I don't know, 12,000 other dimensions to it. That would be great. I would love to hear that, too. Yeah. I'm all for that. That would be wonderful. Yeah, so scrap Fifty Shades of Grey. We'll just start sending you stuff, <laughs> Bill. <laughs> read this. Read this. It's like that con. You were there where we made Robin read all the stories. Yes. Because <laughs> Robin, our Australian friend, was reading a fanfic out loud, and she is just such a dynamic, wonderful person, and she was, like, acting it out, too. Oh, she's and great. after that, none of us wanted to read our own. We wanted Robin to read them. I think she read fanfic until her voice was giving it out. It did. Yes. Yes, she did. She, it was just wonderful. So it would be that, that sort of thing. You know, if we kidnapped Bill and held him captive, that would be one of the things we'd be making him do. He could have a whole sideline of, of making more money by people, you know, paying him a thousand bucks. Okay, least. this could be his new sideline, making the butt girls happy. <laughs> that could become full -time his whole life, job. though. Full-time job. Yes, full-time job, definitely. Definitely. Uh, okay. So um, that's another link that will, will be there. There's going to be a lot yes. of links for this show because, you know, the Internet is like a giant trough of Bill. It is all the time. Now, I want to talk about what happened to Bill at the airport. Okay. I did not watch the clip on Craig Ferguson. Okay. All I read was that this horribly embarrassing thing happened to him um, because he was wearing comfortable pants, apparently. Well, he explains that, you know, it was a long flight. I think it was his flight to South Africa. South yeah. And so you want to be comfortable. But who the hell picked him out of the line to search him? <laughs> what is that about? Was, was it a crazed fan? Was I, it really? I, I don't know. Because you're going, okay, he's 80 years old. He's William Shatner. Um, but then something I read somewhere said um, that's kind of become not like a thing, but it, that celebrities, it, I think it's just a, to prove we're not profiling or nobody's special, do get, oh. are getting pulled out of the lines for, you know, the special search. That's ridiculous. I mean, give the guy a break, you know? What What is he going to have, a phaser? <laughs> <laughs> Toupee glue? <laughs> Over the three and a half ounces you're allowed? <laughs> that is, that's insane. That is just insane. But for those of you who weren't aware of this, um, you know, as part of wearing comfortable clothes, he didn't have a belt on, mm -hmm. which they, you know, would set off the thing anyway. But so they have you put your hands up, and when he did, his pants fell down. Mm -hmm. Luckily, he was not going commando. Mm -hmm. But in a way, I'm I still am wondering, did this really happen? 
or did Bill just get pulled out of a line and they, you know, wanted him or whatever, and he was thinking, oh my God, it would be so funny if my pants fell down, and I'll tell the story that my pants did fall down. Because I'm thinking if he did, there's a million people with cell phones standing there. Well, I and we haven't seen pictures, have we? I haven't seen pictures, but I did see it reported in places before he started talking about it. Mm, okay, so maybe it really did happen. Yeah, um, I saw wow. it. Maybe I saw it on TMZ. I don't know, but I, I did see it. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't a, sh- a bad Shatner imitator <laughs> dropping his pants? <laughs> Well, that, it's really it's really weird, but, you know, trust Bill to spin it into a funny, funny story. Because he's Bill. He's Bill. This is true. Ah, um, let's see. We talked before about the, the shuttlecraft, the Galileo. Yes. They sold it. Yeah, and, and what, what did it go for? Like 200000 or something? Uh, hold on. I'm going to pull Wait. that link up. Right I'm now. looking at it. 70000 $70,000. Yep. I still think that those guys who pooled their money to sell it are going to get into a big, big fight about it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be, well, I, I, I watch uh, Big Bang Theory, and I know you catch it every now and then, mm-hmm. but there's an episode where they buy the, the time machine <laughs> from, you know, the, uh, either the one from the, the 60s movie of the time machine or the replica of it that was built for time after time mm-hmm. or time and again, whatever it was called. Anyway, and they do end up you know, whose turn is it, and the whole thing. And the, the, the funny thing is they keep having really, uh, you know, funny nightmares about mm-hmm. what happens when you're in the time machine. So, yeah, yeah I think they will. Oh, in fact, totally if I was going to be making a movie right now, that'd be the movie I'd be making. It's, it's totally like um, the Simpsons episode, right? That was like first season. Yeah, the, the comic book one. The comic book, right? Which yep. was really a ripoff of Treasure of the Sierra Madre, which was exactly <laughs> the same sort of thing. But with a comic book. But with a comic book instead of gold. Um, yeah, so that was pretty funny. I, as I said before, though, I'm really a little disappointed that they're going to fix it up. Yeah, I, I agree with I you. Kinda I kind of like it all trashy. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it speaks to its history. <laughs> yeah. And its provenance. Yes. I think they should do some carbon dating on it, too. <laughs> Just for the hell of it. Speaking of carbon dating, did you see they found um, a medieval bra? I did see that. I saw a picture of it and everything. I know, and they carbon dated it. And here was the funny part. They said it came from the 15th centuries. (laughs) All five of them. (laughs) Yeah. So that That's was a little weird. off topic, but yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting because the, the picture I saw, I was going, that looks an awful lot like, you know, bras you see at Victoria's Secret. Yeah, totally. It did. It looked nice. It looked, it looked like it was made from very nice fabric, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very fine. Yes. Um, here's just a, a little thing that uh, was sent to us by our man in New Zealand, um, and this is a dude on Flickr who makes Star Trek props out of Lego. So he's got Lego phasers and a Lego tricorder and um, a Lego communicator. And they're pretty amazing. Do they work? Uh, no, oh. they don't work. Uh, but they're pretty they're pretty impressive for being made out of Lego, mm-hmm. I have to say. I don't know what the scale of them is because there's, no, there's nothing to compare the size. Right. Um, so I'm looking at the communicator right now, and it could be really big or it could be really small. Well, you know, in one of the uh, suburbs here, the, there's the Lego Museum, where they really? have all kinds of, of things made out of Legos. 
wonder if they have any of these. I don't know. Well, these are cool. I like <laughs> Well, these are cool. But other crap they've got in the museum, who cares, yeah, well, you know? Screw that, yeah. <laughs> um, no, this stuff is really, really neat. Uh, so he's a, a Lego guy, and he's part of the Lego Builders Group. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, these are really neat. So it's amazing what people will do. You know, when they're creative like that, and yep. Star Trek sort of inspires that kind of. And story. some of it's not regretsy. Some of it's actually cool. It's actually cool. The phasers are really pretty neat looking. Oh, neat. Yeah. Um, speaking of lists and things that Bill's been left off of, here was one he was not left off of. Um, I am addicted to film forums lists, mm -hmm. and they put up a new one every day. And they recently had the top, I don't know, twenty-five, however many. Sometimes it's fifty. Sometimes it's twelve. Whatever they've come up with. Um, of movie friendships, Ooh. and Kirk and Spock were on it. Oh, good. Well, they should be. They should be, and they they showed um, the 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 picture that went with it was the picture from Spock's death, where they both have their hands to the glass, Aww. which is so so moving. I've gone on and on about that shot, but what they had to say I thought was so wonderful, and I wanted wanted to get your take on it. They were saying part of what makes First of all, they said, if you're not crying when you see this scene, you got to check. You may not have a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. But they also pointed out that part of what makes this friendship so so moving and, and so memorable is we have seen it evolve over the course of 30 years. Mm -hmm. You know, always the same two actors, always playing this. You know, starting out, you know, the very first time we see them together in Where No Man where, you know, they're not really good friends yet. They're, they're, you know, Captain and his maybe first officer. It's never quite clear Spock is at that point or not. But then, you know, it, it evolves. And that's why I think it's such a shocker in Star Trek VI when Kirk is so angry at Spock. You know, you volunteered me. You know, it's like after all this time, you don't even know who I am or you don't understand how, you know, David's death just, you know, just burnt me to the core, and it was the Klingons and everything. Um, so I thought it was great that they pointed out that. And then I was trying to think of any other um, entertainment, film, TV, whatever, friendship that has been shown in that way. Hmm. I mean, uh, you really know, discounting things like Abbott and Costello, <laughs> you know, those things. But um, That's, I'm going to have to think about that. I know. I was I was really fine. thinking about it, and I was thinking, well, there are some, you know, where there's been like a leading man and a sidekick, you know, like mm -hmm. the Lone Ranger and stuff. But with Kirk and Spock, even the rank thing aside and everything, they are very much equals. Yeah, yeah. You know, here's a weird example, but I think it actually works in this context. Um, I think that the way that Tony Randall and Jack Klugman played the odd couple mm -hmm. totally evolved. Their their relationship oh. and those characters evolved so much over the course of that show. You know, it, 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 that's very, very true. And I've thought about that before, not in the context of Kirk and Spock, but, um, you know, every now and then they'll be showing the reruns. And when they show the early ones, they're much more like the characters in the play. That's right, yeah. But, and then and, as, as they evolve... It, you know, it. you're right that the actors, you know, brought to it their own thing. And the thing is, the two of them did become very good friends. Mm -hmm. And when Jack Klugman had throat cancer, 
and was in a, you know, a deep, deep depression and couldn't really talk. Tony Randall was the one who, who pushed him to, you know, go to the coach and do all the exercises and everything because you and I are going on tour with the odd couple. Mm -hmm. And they did, and I've always wondered how, must, how that must be because the play in so many ways is so different from what they built those characters to. I, I don't know. That must have been a weird experience. I don't think I really would have wanted to see that. I'm not sure if I would, but now, you know, people think that Felix Unger has always been a commercial photographer, and he wasn't. He was, um, he was a news writer right, in the right. play. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was so different. And, and the later episodes where they had really gotten into a groove and their characters had matured and mm -hmm. they were... Um, they were in a relationship, right? Right. They, they weren't just roommates anymore. They, they really came to depend on each other and, and get things out of each other like a married couple did. Mm -hmm. It was just so wonderful. It was great to see that grow up over time. And then at the end of the series, when they, they parted ways, it was really sad. It was a really sad moment. Yeah, but then Oscar was so happy. Happy, I know. <laughs> you know what else occurs to me? And this was something I read recently. Um... It was talking, you know, about I Love Lucy, which I still think is just a fantastic show. Just the, the, the genius of the, the, the comedy and the acting is just so, on, so right there. But um, they were pointing out how in, you know, later Here's Lucy and the Lucy show, where she had, still had Vivian Vance with her. And they were saying part of the, the fun of it was seeing that these two actresses had evolved together as this relationship, even though they weren't Lucy and Ethel anymore, they were Lucy and Viv, mm -hmm. that it was still a similar sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and, and that's like the only, I mean, just thinking about it, you know, the Kirk and Spock thing was like 30 years. You know, Lucy and, and Viv were together like 15 or 20. Mm -hmm. Having the actors be friends outside of the roles seems like it's key to this kind of thing right that they have to have some kind of relationship outside of just the the vehicle that they're acting right at the time but That's just think as an as an actor having the opportunity mm -hmm. to play this character from his brash young 30s to the moment he dies mm -hmm. and have the rest of the people around you are, are pretty much the same core people. I mean, it's an incredible opportunity. Mm -hmm. And to have the, you know, because always as an actor, and I imagine it must be, a, I can understand why film and TV actors do not watch themselves. Because, you know, even you can come off stage going, oh my God, it's closing night and I know I could have done that better. You know, you always want to, to do more. And, and keep going, and to have this opportunity to, to just really live this person's life. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and I think it helps that he and Nimoy did become very good friends, and you know, the, the stories you hear about that there were scenes that they, they worked on and came to an agreement about this is how we're gonna play it, and you know, that it was important to them that it work, that it, it was a co-creation. Co yeah, I think there's so much about six um, that really works because of their relationship and mm -hmm. because of the fact that they had grown up and 
grown together doing these roles over the years. You know, what you mentioned before about, you know, Kirk's fury at the beginning, but also when you were talking about that, I was thinking about at the end when, when they're reunited on the Klingon ship mm. and Kirk is so pleased and surprised and Spock's so offhand about it, you know, not in front of the Klingon. Is that it, in six or in five? Ah, uh, isn't it in six? I'm not sure. Uh, maybe I'm misremembering it. Oh, Jack's barking at somebody in the hall. Jack's saying it's in six. It's um, in six. Okay. <laughs> but, well, you know, really the core of the movies is, is the trilogy of two, three, four, and right at the heart of that is the search for Spock. Right, that's right, yes. You know, that, that these men have risked their lives and their careers for each other mm-hmm. and will go to, to any length because that's what the bond is. And yeah, I think it's I think it's amazing, and I was really glad that this this list on uh, Film Forum just kind of just brought that to to mind for me. That that is truly amazing. I now I know, or I hope listeners are going to say, well, you know, the other example is that da 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 da, and I would love to hear them. I would love to talk more about this. So yeah, definitely. I would. I, I, I really want your thoughts on this. I'm going to have to think more about it, too. And it was Star Trek Five, not Six. so sorry about that. I got my Star Trek wrong. Oh, oh my God. God, loser. Bad, bad, <laughs> Just because you've bad. had a bad week. <laughs> uh, yeah. My brain's not working anymore. Um, can I just also say that um, I have been watching Star Trek on Saturday nights, mm-hmm. the remastered. They're so good. Oh, I know. And, but, you know, I watched, um, so I had watched Journey to Babel, which was amazing. And then the one that was on after that was uh, Private Little War, which I'm watching it again. That's the Nona one, right? The Nona one, and God, I love her. Um, I know you do. It's such a good episode right up until the last 10 minutes, and then it totally falls apart. Yeah. And I am wondering now, you know, did I don't know the story behind that episode. Did they mean it to have a better ending and, like, NBC said you can't say that or do that or whatever. Did it get rewritten at the last minute or something? Because it seems like it was really building towards some kind of climax and it totally gets deflated and all the meaning goes out of it and then the episode's over. I wouldn't be surprised if it was something like that. And that unfortunately is true of I think several Star Trek scripts had had their sharp edges filed down or off. Well, you really notice how much it it fails in, in the last effort. You know, they spend all this time during the episode building up the conflict between the Federation and the Klingons. Mm-hmm. And it goes nowhere. Yep. There is no confrontation where there should be a confrontation. You know, there's no calling it out into the open that the Klingons are on this planet where Kirk clearly intends that to happen mm-hmm. at some point, and it just never does. Aside, and, and also, Nona is needlessly sacrificed just because something dramatic has to happen and they couldn't think of anything else. Yeah, so kill the girl. So kill the girl, yeah. Well, speaking of those uh, remastered episodes, I meant to read you this back when we were talking about Kirk, your enthusiasm. There is a comment on the page uh, from someone named David Smay. And he says, I have to say that revisiting original Trek since it's been remastered is revelatory. The colors are insanely ultra-vivid mod 60s. They are. And then maybe you can explain this last part to me. It says the episodes look like they were art directed by Mario Bava. Do you know who that is? I'm not sure, but well, I I'm, have my Google here. Okay, I was going to 
you know, go ahead and Google it, but I'll let you do that. But I love that. Insanely ultra vivid mod 60s. <laughs> um, he was an Italian film director. Let's see. What did he direct? A bunch of Italian films. Oh, okay. That I've never seen. Oh, I know. Oh, yes, I do know who he is. I knew you he, would. He directed a lot of um, uh, movies that they did on Mystery Science Theater. Oh. So, <laughs> so some of the weirder Hercules movies. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, and also some uh, a lot of uh, low budget horror type movies. Mm -hmm. um, and and some good things in there as well. So, yeah, his movies were just totally oversaturated with color. And, you know, in those Hercules movies, there were this weird cross between maybe what actual Greeks might have worn and, and like, the shortest tunics they could get on the women. <laughs> <laughs> because it was the 60s. Right, right. And, you know, and they wore white make... boots and did go-go dances? Yeah, kind of yeah. like okay, that, Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's good. But yes, it's true. That, that's a great comparison. Uh, that's a very erudite film comparison. Okay, cool. Um, IFC has been showing Kings of the Kingdom of the Spiders. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep to, you know, having to flip to it at like almost the exact same moment, which is right after Bill has been down in the basement and the spiders oh. were all over the, the fuse box and yeah, everything. Yeah. And, and then he, you know, comes back upstairs and they, they know they're all going to die. But... Um, but then my sister calls me and she says, um, oh, they were showing a William Shatner movie on TV today. What was it? Um, Empire of the uh, of the, the, the Wasps or something. I said, Kingdom of the Spiders, you know. Empire of the Arachnids. Yes. <laughs> you got to know these things, you know. But anyway, so that's showing up on IFC. Oh, that's so funny. Yep. Right after well, they show a Pulp Fiction, they show Kingdom <laughs> of the Spiders. <laughs> Man, I'm, I, I look forward now to my weekly fix of Star Trek. Oh, yeah. It's oh, really yeah. good. Yeah. I enjoy it. It's good. Um, I wanted to mention, I know I've talked about this before, but um, I found, <coughs> excuse me, another uh, podcast that I'm going to listen to sometime in the coming week. Um, and it's called Exploring Belief and Free Thought Through Star Trek Episodes. Oh, how cool. Doesn't that sound good? Um, yeah, so that's right up your alley. Yeah, uh, how Star Trek treats the ideas of gods, miracles, and immortality. <gasps> so that sounds really neat. So I'm going to listen to it, and then I'll report back okay. on okay. what that has to say. Oh, sorry. Somebody in the hall. The podcasting dog is, is on alert. He's <laughs> guarding you. So we have one last thing to talk about, right? Do we? That book? Oh, the book. Yes, let's talk about the book. So our good friend Jay Winter, former fanfic writer, said, uh, you have to read this book. It's the new Galaxy Quest. <laughs> and it is called Red Shirts, a novel with three codas. And it's by John Scalzi. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce his yeah. name or not. But he's a you know fairly well-known writer. <laughs> and uh, I'm on the Amazon site right now about to read us the description um, and it really does sound like fun. Ensign Andrew Dahl has just been assigned to the Universal Union capital ship Intrepid, <laughs> flagship of the Universal Union since the year 2456. It's a prestige posting and Andrew is thrilled all the more to be assigned to the ship's xenobiology laboratory. Life couldn't be better until Andrew begins to pick up on the fact that one, every away mission involves some kind of lethal confrontation with alien forces. Two, 
The ship's captain, its chief science officer, and the handsome Lieutenant Kerensky always survive these confrontations, and three, at least one low-ranked crew member is, sadly, always killed. Not surprisingly, a great deal of energy below decks is expended on avoiding, at all costs, being assigned to an away <laughs> mission. Then Andrew stumbles on information that completely transforms his and his colleagues' understanding of what the starship Intrepid really is and offers them a crazy, high-risk chance to save their own lives. It sounds awesome, and I had um, seen this talked about in a couple of places, so I'm totally buying it, and um, I will read it and will report back to everybody. Okay, and then after you read it, I will read it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So thanks, Jay Winter. That really does sound like a lot of fun. Yeah. Scalzi's a good writer. He's he's funny and he's on top of things and, you know, he's a total geek. So he knows all of the Star Trek stuff and the Galaxy Quest stuff inside and out. So he will not miss a trick on this. Well, good. It's probably full of good little inside jokes that we will, of course, pick up every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So I think that sounds uh, pretty exciting. Yeah. It's good. Um, gosh, I think that might be it. I think we got through our huge list of butt stuff. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, so I, I will tell people that I am going to be going out to visit um, Kitty sometime in the fall, and we're trying to decide what kind of adventure we're going to have. <laughs> As if adventure doesn't just always happen to us anyway. But this um, is true. Um, so it might be an adventure within Chicago. We might decide to, to take a road trip somewhere. That mm-hmm. could happen. We just haven't decided yet. But whatever it is, you know it's going to be big fun. And um, we will use our time together wisely to watch all kinds of Bill Media and review it as well. And, you know, it would be really fun to, to be in a mobile podcasting unit again. Yes. We always have such a good time when we're driving and talking. <laughs> and suddenly we see an elephant bar. That's right. <laughs> oh, look! Let's go get drunk. No. Get, oh, wait. I did have one more thing I wanted to say. Okay. Um, this is so our coda. This is the coda. There are actually two things now that I'm thinking about uh, two it. Two codas. Number okay. one is um, the next uh, reboot Star Trek comic book that's coming out Yeah. is about the Tribbles. Okay. So I don't know how they're going to have Zachary Quinto interacting with Tribbles. I haven't, it's not out yet. So okay. Soon, but I'll get it and I'll read it. The other thing is that um, I have been forcing myself to look at the Doctor Who uh, Star Trek crossover comic book. Right. And I really didn't like it very much. I thought the Aww. writing was weak and the artwork was not good. But in the latest issue, which I haven't looked at yet, apparently there's like a four page time travel thing where uh, Kirk is in it. Oh, okay. Well, at least read those four pages. So I'll read those four pages and I'll report back to them. Um, okay, very good. But yeah, in, in this issue, they had actually had Kirk on the cover and I was like, why are they doing this? Because it's all TNG. <laughs> so that's that's how they explained it. Cause that's how they roll. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. But, oh, it's bad. I mean, it's bad comic book writing. It's just <sighs> it, the, the writer who's doing it writers maybe has captured neither the flavor of doctor who nor the flavor of star trek <laughs> so that's really bad when you're not a writer who knows how to write either of those you mm-hmm. know, like the characters don't sound like themselves and there's just a lot of stuff that doesn't need to be there and running around for no reason it's just it's not good yep so, well so that's, that's sad 
Yeah, that's my review of the comic book. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> TM. TM, exactly. All right. So um, I will get this posted as soon as possible. Everybody should watch um, Bill's movie, Get a Life, and their free trial on, on Epics, Epics. And then we'll, we will talk about it at the next time. Okay. So, um, yeah, until next time, send us emails, send us comments, and think about maybe what you'd like us to do on our next uh, Chicago get-together adventure. We take suggestions. Oh, we do. <laughs> we take requests, and sometimes we actually even follow through on them. So This is true. Okay. Okay. Bye, everybody. Live long and prosper. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>